0: Hello, I'm Philip. And I'm Phoebe. Welcome to Dad.
1: And daughter, do death.
0: Hello, Phoebe.
1: Hi, Dad. How are you?
0: I'm all right. I'm good, thank you. Yes. Yes. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you and to all of our listeners around the world. It's good to be with you. you in 2024. That means that we've been making these podcasts for nearly three years now.
1: I know, that's crazy, isn't it? That's gone very quickly. Yeah, it has. Very quickly. Um, Yes, did you have an enjoyable festive period?
0: It was lovely, yes. Spent quite a chunk of it with you. You did, yes. (laughs) Took took Toby to the pantomime in Bridlington, which was was fun, actually.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was an enjoyable festive period. It
0: was, yes, indeed. So the story I'm going to tell you in this episode, Phoebe, is set in the northeast of England around the Darlington area. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to tell you the story of David Harker. David James Harker was born in 1975 and was brought up in Chesterler Street, which is in County Durham, by his mother Jacqueline and father Alan, along with his younger brother, Stephen. And he had a tempestuous relationship with his parents. Oh, no. And the first red flag to point out is that from a young age, He would torture and mutilate small animals.
1: Oh, dear. (laughs) That never ends well, does it?
0: No. His childhood problems came to a head when, at the age of 16, he was sent to Deerbolt Young Offenders Institution at Barnard Castle, which is also in County Durham, Mm -hmm. for attacking two men and their dog, where the dog actually died. Oh, my God. So I'm not entirely sure how long he was there for, but... uh, at around the age of 20, 1995, he moved to Darlington, which is just a bit further south. Mm-hmm. And by all accounts, Harker was a lively, unpredictable man. But he surrounded himself with impressionable young friends. He was a key musician. He was the lead singer in a punk band called Downfall. But he harboured disturbing fantasies and would later profess his desire to become Britain's youngest serial killer.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: Yeah. What, what an ambition. To the many people who knew him, he could be intelligent, articulate, witty, caring and polite. And when Good. it came to women, he could certainly turn on the charm. Women oh, yeah. found him attractive and he had no difficulty getting them into bed. <laughs> He led a promiscuous sex life, and even when he was in some sort of relationship, he found it difficult to remain faithful. Oh, dear. He was friends with a number of students at the Queen Elizabeth Sixth Form College in Darlington. Now, they obviously didn't drink like he did, because he was a bit of a drinker, and they didn't seem to have the same interest in uh, in violence and those sort of ambitions, and we'll talk a bit more about that in a moment. But they found him intelligent and good fun to be around. And Harker would sit on a park bench while a dozen or so youngsters sat on the grass around him in like a semicircle, sort of wow. like they were his disciples. <laughs> that would oh, come wow. Okay. So he sounds like he must have been quite a char- charismatic character. Yeah. Uh, I mean,
1: I don't, I, I don't know what's going to happen going forward, but um, there's quite a lot of serial killers who are thought are, are quite charismatic, like mm. Ted Bundy, I think, was always seen as very charismatic. John Wayne Gacy was obviously a very charismatic sort of guy. Yeah. So I'd, I think it's probably something that murderers need to be able to yeah. lure victims in, yeah. isn't it?
0: Yeah, he was popular. He made himself accessible. He, uh, mm. yeah. But uh, Harker was reported to be caring as well and he was planning to travel to India to do charity work and at one stage was even organising a charity concert, I guess with his punk band downfall. Or maybe getting a few bands together. I don't know what he was planning exactly. But, uh, yeah, so he had some good intentions as well as some obscure ambitions. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Now, a friend of David Harker's, a guy called Stephen Crane who lived in Darlington said one of the reasons I liked Harker was because he hated bigoted people like racists. Okay. He would always stick up for people who could not help their situation. He couldn't stand sex offenders and people who abused children. And now after Harker had split up with his latest girlfriend, he right. became depressed and ended up sleeping rough. Oh, no. So, yeah, he's all over the place, really, isn't he? He's, he spent time at Darlington YMCA and he would stay at friends' houses, even sleeping in a gardener's shed at one point.
1: Uh, and how old was he at this point?
0: Uh, he was about 20, early 20s. So, okay. between 20 and 23. So, from sort of between okay. 95 and 98, we're talking about here. 1995, okay. and 1998. And one of his teenage friends, a guy called Matt Fari, offered him a place to sleep for a couple of nights at his parents' home in Orchard Road in the Dean's area of Darlington. He said, He was such a nice guy, my mum and dad said he could stay for as long as he liked. He ended up with his own room and he was here for about six months. Wow. He, He did his bit around the house and always paid his way. If he borrowed money, he always made sure people got it back. He was polite and respectful. If he hadn't been... There is no way my parents would have let him stay that long. Mm. But the 23-year-old Harker also had a darker side. He told lies to try and impress friends, and he needed to constantly be in control. And when he couldn't be, it resulted in drink-fueled tantrums, aggression, and ultimately violence.
1: Mm-mm.
0: So a man of contrasts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. He
0: spent much of his time in Stanhope Park in Darlington, so drunk on strong cider that he was frequently sick. Mm-mm. And Harker would spend hours in a flat that he eventually got in Harewood Grove, reading macabre books and watching grisly videos. It has been said that he is more well-read on serial killers than some forensic psychiatrists. <laughs>
1: That's interesting.
0: Among the literature he read were books on how to evade questions in police interviews and how to survive in prison. Oh, wow. Okay. His fantasy to kill and obsession with serial murders was at the centre of his life. Then, one night in April 1998, David Harker met Julie Peterson in a pub in Darlington. Mother of four, Julie, had a wide circle of friends, and she had been born and brought up in Durham with her brother, Michael. Michael said of her, As a girl, she was always happy, going to parties with her school friends. Happy times. She had a tough start to life when her mum died when she was just three. However, by 1998, when she was 31... Julie had lost her first three children in a custody battle and was battling depression, alcohol, and Valium addiction. Her boyfriend at the time, Alan Taylor, who was the father of Julie's fourth child, recalled that she would frequently disappear for days on end. But Mm -mm. the couple were planning a new start and they were working on moving to Hastings. That's quite a move, <laughs> yeah. From Darlington to Hastings, where where they would uh, start a new life as a young family. However, during one of her periods of absence, it was only when she missed a scheduled visit with one of her children, which she always kept because she, you know, she wanted as much contact with her children as possible. Obviously, yeah. No, but when she missed a scheduled visit, he became worried, and that's when he first alerted the police. Weeks went by. Eventually, an appeal to the public discovered that Julie was last seen in the company of David Harker.
1: Mm-mm.
0: And remember, he's got this, uh, mm. he's got this fantasy to kill. Yes. Acting on a tip-off, detectives were called to a secluded lane where they were shocked to find parts of Julie's dismembered body in a sack. mm Detective Inspector Ian Phillips said we could clearly see on the top of the sack the shoulder blades of a human being.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: So what seems to have happened is that Harkwood met Julie in the pub in that night in April 1998, and after a few drinks, he used his charm on her and invited her back to his flat in Darlington. They went to bed and had sex, but apparently... He grew bored, and for whatever reason, he took the opportunity to strangle her. I think we know what the reason is. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, he, yeah. He saw this maybe as an opportunity to uh, live his fantasy to kill. Yeah. He then claimed that he cut strips of flesh from her thigh, which he cooked and ate with pasta and cheese He also claimed to have had sex with her corpse before dragging her body down into the basement of this building that his flat was in. Wow. He kept his victim in the basement for several weeks while he chopped off her arms, legs and head before dumping her torso in a bin bag in what he thought was a derelict garden near Darlington Football Club. And that's the bag that the police found after that tip-off. Ah, uh, okay. It was just her torso. Mm-mm. But it was Harker himself who told people what he had done to Julie. He boasted to friends that, I've killed a girl called Julie, and one of these friends alerted police, and Harker became their number one suspect.
1: Was that not in the books that he'd read about how to kill people, that you don't tell your friends that you've killed somebody?
0: Yeah, I think perhaps he'd just got, I don't know, a bit of a... Mismatch there, isn't it? (laughs) Or maybe he wanted the notoriety, and because nobody had actually caught up with him yet, he wasn't going to get known as being a serial killer unless he was labelled. People knew that he was a serial killer. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When officers searched Harker's flat, they found horrific evidence that proved he was responsible for what had happened to Julie. Mm -hmm. Hardened detectives who entered his flat were horrified at what they found. Detective Superintendent Barry Pert, who headed the inquiry at the time, said, It was dark inside. There was a dank, musty smell as we entered the back door, where we were confronted by heavy, widespread bloodstains. There was blood under the stairs and a trail of blood as if something heavy had been dragged along the hallway and into the kitchen, where a number of large hooks are fixed in the ceiling. Police arrested Harker within hours of the grim discovery. He was picked up at a bail hostel in the South Bank area of Middlesbrough, where he had been living while awaiting a court appearance charged with robbery. Uh -uh. (laughs) He's quite a character, isn't he? Yeah. After his arrest in May 1998, his appearance changed. He he had gone from being a good-looking, well-built, strong man... To looking lanky and insipid. He had perhaps now the appearance of what Harker thought he ought to look like as a serial killer. Okay. He previously had a shaven head where he had tattooed into his scalp the words subhuman and disorder. Wow. And he was now thick with dark hair and he now had a black beard giving him the look of one of his heroes the serial killer peter suckliff add to that he had icy blue eyes and he had frighteningly long sinuous fingers and all in all it all fit the bill perfectly of what a sort of a sinister serial killer might look like i suppose okay and for him it was all part of the role he was playing out When he was arrested, Harker at first denied the crime and refused to reveal where Julie's missing head and limbs were buried. his denial prompted a massive police operation as the entire town was searched for Julie's remains.
1: God, where do you even start with that? I know.
0: Officers spent weeks searching a landfill site in vain before the hunt was finally called off. When the case finally came to trial, his charges were reduced to manslaughter on the grounds of diminished responsibility rather than murder.
1: Interesting. So
0: they must have proved that he was of diminished responsibility.
1: Unless they thought there wasn't enough evidence for him to be convicted of murder.
0: Maybe. But as a result of being reduced to manslaughter, he actually pled guilty to the charge. So it didn't actually go to a trial as such with right. the jury. Paul Worsley, prosecuting, said that Harker was obsessed with serial killers and avidly read any book or viewed any program on the subject. Well, actually, I think that goes for quite a lot of uh, true crime enthusiasts. <laughs> <in> these yes, <laughs> yeah, Quite a lot of the people <laughs> listening to this. Yeah. But like we said before, he told friends that his ambition was to be Britain's most notorious serial killer, which I suspect most of our listeners don't actually share that ambition
1: hopefully not unless they're just not sharing that
0: yeah but after undergoing tests he was diagnosed as having all the criteria of a psychopathic killer who felt no remorse for his crime and his story became more outrageous as he claimed to have killed two more people and to have committed acts of necrophilia and cannibalism on judy's body yeah but there's no evidence that he ever did kill anybody else mm, okay it's just that he was saying that
1: i feel like with his track record and the things that he's said and the things that he's done if he had have killed two other people he wouldn't have been able to hide it <laughs> that well there yeah. would have been some sort of evidence considering the way that he'd managed to deal with her yeah. murder.
0: yeah Yeah, there has to be some sort of evidence, otherwise...
1: Unless he had done it and got got away with it so well and then he wanted people to know that he was a serial killer and that's why he started going around and telling people that he was a serial killer because he was too good at it before (laughs) and he he needed to mess up a bit so that people would know what he'd done.
0: That could be. It could be a reason behind his
1: Or she was number one and he had plans for others, but he got caught. Quicker than he was expected to, so he I just s- told people that he did I more, sus- so I that suspect, they saw him as a serial killer. When given on what
0: really. we know, that that is probably like, yeah to be what the, the case was. Yeah, because
1: he wanted to be known as a serial killer. So if we told them that he'd killed other people, then would people think that he was a serial killer?
0: Yeah. Is it three people you need to have killed to be a serial killer?
1: Uh, this is on Wikipedia that a serial killer is typically a person who murders three or more people, yeah, with the murders taking place over more than a month.
0: I thought it was three. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Justice Bennett, the presiding judge at the case, told Harker, You killed her in the most terrible circumstances and dismembered her body. You glorified in her death and the manner of her death. I have no doubt that given the slightest opportunity, you will kill again. Sir Harker was sentenced to life in jail with a minimum of 14 years before being considered for parole. And while in prison, he began a letter-writing campaign to the press in a bid for attention. The journalist for the Northern Echo said, His motivation was notoriety. His trump card is that he never said where her remains are. And I think he won't do that, mm. and you know, disclose where the rest of her body is, because he knows that is what is keeping him in the press. Yep. One psychiatrist's report read to the judge in the court case said Harker was evil and no hospital treatment could be given Mm -hmm. there you go speaking after the sentencing the Teesside MP at the time Ashok Kumar said Harker should be left to rot on a desert island for the rest of his days okay He revelled in his depravity and went on to send a chilling letter to Julie's ex-partner and father of her elder children, Freddie Newman. In it, he taunted the horrified man who had pleaded with him to share the location of Julie's hidden body parts. In a handwritten note, Harker said, It's always good to know that people are thinking of me, especially those who suffer because of my actions.
1: Horrible man.
0: You are correct when you speak of decency. I have none. I have no inhibitions, remorse or regret, and therefore care not one bit if your wife has a full body burial or not. Wow. After he was jailed, the search for Julie's remaining body parts continued. Forensic officers scoured woodland, parks, and even the sewers of Darlington to find the remains, but nothing was recovered. That's sad. Harker's parents refused to comment about their eldest son, his mother, who after the trial was said to be looking pale and drawn, would only say that the family was aware of his appearance in court and that she was tired and not interested. So it seems that any sort of maternal instinct that she might have had towards her son had left it's her
1: gone yeah <laughs> yeah
0: now i remember that uh, julie's boyfriend at the time alan taylor who really was devoted to her he became obsessed with trying to find the rest of her body and took to digging holes and and trying to find her himself mm-hmm. in 2000 he revealed his anguish when he was filmed standing over her grave saying in a way I'm like a murderer myself because I have to think how maybe he's done it. Mm. So, yeah, he's having to put his mind into that of a murderer to think what a murderer would have done.
1: Yeah, where he might have left parts of her body.
0: Yeah. So in another twist to this story, in amongst his despair over Julie's death, Alan Taylor came up with a troubling plan. Okay. After all this anguish and depression, he eventually turned to drink. Mm. And in 2006, he murdered his friend, John Morrison, by strangling him with a belt. Oh, my God. Now, he claimed that he did that because he wanted to be sent to prison, thinking it would be the same prison that Harker was in, in order to seek revenge.
1: Wow, okay. But
0: of course, he wasn't sent to the same prison. No. He was sent to a different prison. And three months after his sentence for the murder of John Morrison began, Taylor committed suicide.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's so, intense.
0: Yeah. you thought, if I commit a murder, I'll get sent to prison. I'll go to the same prison as Harker. I can get my revenge on him, but yeah. it didn't work out. So mm-hmm. he killed himself. That's sad. Now, much more recently, in 2021, Harker was among the first prisoners to be considered by the parole board under the rules of Helen's Law, which came into force earlier in 2021. And now this law is designed to make it harder for killers to get parole if they refuse to reveal the whereabouts of their victims' bodies. Okay. And because he still, to this day, has not revealed where the legs and head of Julie are, basically the parole board turned down his appeal for parole, and so he remains in prison to this day. That's
1: good. I feel like he should probably be in prison forever. I don't feel like he's the sort of person that should be on the streets.
0: <laughs> no, he's a bit a bit evil, isn't he? A little bit, and yeah...
1: yeah. Scary,
0: but uh, yeah, I think yeah. that's
1: probably the best place for him, really, isn't it? And I feel like he's been in prison for what, maybe twenty five years, years
0: thereabouts. Yeah.
1: So I wonder how much, how, how much help would work for him now.
0: Yeah. So um there's plenty yeah. of information about this, as, as always. Really, I, I've just sort of told you the story about David Harker. And if anybody wants to look up more, if you just search for David Harker, Darlington. You'll find plenty of stuff. There's lots of newspapers, cuttings, there's entries on Murderpedia and Wikipedia. There is a actual television documentary, which you can see on YouTube about him. So I can put pictures and I can even put a link to that video right. on our social pages. Will you
1: put it on Facebook?
0: Yes, I will. Dad and daughter do death. Instagram. Yeah, I'll put it on Instagram, at Dad And if you'd like to get in touch with us about this case or any of the others that we've done in the past, then you can always email us.
1: At Death at com. Thank you very much. That was a very interesting, gruesome story. But, yeah, thank you very much for sharing Yeah, that.
0: it is quite gruesome and, and current, um, mm. which I thought was... Uh, Interesting.
1: Mm, Yeah, definitely. That was great. Thank you very much.
0: Who knew that sort of thing went on in Darlington?
1: Things like that happen everywhere, I think.
0: Yeah, you're probably right. And I think we should also just remember the victims in this horrible crime as well. It's, as I say, it's fairly current. She had four children. Presumably they are now in their sort of young adulthood, maybe got families of their own but they will have been affected, no doubt, by this gruesome death to their mother. And we should never forget the victims of these crimes that we talk about. Well, please don't have any nightmares, but join us next time when once again, Dad
1: and daughter do death.